Student Vibes Podcast. I'm Seth Kalish and I'm here today with Matt Havis. And today we're going to be talking about what we are looking for in a practice. Because, you know, we're moving up there in the years in dental school and we're starting to look at practices, see which practices we want to buy. Matt, how you been? How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, COVID's been treating me well. Not that I have it, but just I've been trying to excel during this quarantine so i mean you know as good as you could possibly get working out studying hard for you know we have finals coming up and uh, like you said looking into uh practices right so there's definitely going to be a change in the landscape you know for um the what practices are available and it's it's definitely going to be interesting seeing the next couple years like are a lot of DSOs going to pick up practices? Are they going to buy some practices that are the dentist is just like, I just got to sell it and I'm out of dentistry, like that sort of thing. Um, so I think like th- we could we could treat this as a buyer's market. And now the question really is like if, if COVID is really going to be, let's say solved, I, I don't know, solved isn't the right word, but um, the like um, staying at home, the quarantine is if it's resolved within uh, 2020, is this going to cause like a just a minor dip in the market, or are we going to have a full scale recession? So th- I think that that's really is what is going to determine the outlook on the market for purchasing dental practices and what's available. Well, I mean, I don't know if you saw this online, but uh, Carnival Cruise Line just uh, canceled all cruises for 2020. Okay. So they're done. I mean, so you got to see how that is going to affect their stock prices. Right. You know, so, I mean, big things are happening in the market. So we just have to keep an eye out and see how that's going to correlate towards dentistry and everything. Okay. So maybe the outlook is going to be, you know, longer than we expect. Um, so, like I said, it, it could be a buyer's market right now because, you know, you want to buy when prices are a little bit lower. Not when it's necessarily the full bull market like we were experiencing in uh, January, February of 2020. So let's let's talk about a couple things um, that I'm looking at for uh, pra- practice criteria. So first of all, one of the KPIs I'm looking for in the practice I want to buy is uh, production of between 500,000 and 900,000. And this is probably going to be in a one doctor practice. I don't think I could purchase a two doctor practice where there's an associate working and right away be able to manage an associate because I don't have that experience. Um, So it might be best for me to start out as a one doctor practice. What what do you think of that? Uh, I agree just because you got to get your own systems down before you could start you know, implementing it for somebody else and being in charge and mentoring somebody. So I feel that once you're out and then you're relatively new to it, you should probably un- like get an understanding of dentistry for yourself before you start trying to teach somebody else. Right. And 
I know a lot of people say like, okay, maybe you can buy a practice that is, you know, producing 250, 300, 400, much smaller practice, maybe one or two ops, something like that. And then just make it like a value added practice. And then, you know, really ramp up production and everything. But I feel like that takes a lot, a lot of work. And oh, yeah. one of the dentists I shadowed when I was a pre-dental student said one of his biggest regrets was not uh, purchasing a practice. And he did a startup himself. And he said that that, like purchasing the practice, um, would have saved him like seven to ten years in his timeline of growth. Wow. So, but I was just listening to Shared Practices podcast the other day, and they interviewed a guy who... Um, I think it was two months into startup and they were producing 250,000 a month. Wow. Which is, I've never heard of that before. It's unbelievable. So goodness. Yeah. Do some consulting work on the side. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think they're in a good location. And I mean, you know, there's always little tidbits that add to what you can produce, but anyways, so yeah, production 500 to 900,000, just so that you know the practice is more well established, there are already some systems in place, but um, we can definitely improve some things. That's always uh, a great uh, thing to look for. Um, so we'll get into some of that as well. So the the next KPI that I'm going to be looking for in a practice I'm going to purchase is 60% overhead, and I mean that means you know the the practice isn't completely underwater or anything. They they've got their systems down. Um, and so there, there's obviously going to be some things that we can change, but it's not going to be a total overhaul. And, you know, I, I feel like the more specific, uh, the criteria that you're looking for, uh, the, the better deal you can find. If you just have a broad, broad, uh, generalization of criteria, then you're just going to spend way too much time looking. So if you really narrow down and focus on what you're looking for, that's going to be key to your success. And that that's also illustrated. I was reading a book. It's called Millionaire Real Estate Investor. And that's by Gary Keller. Um, and that, that's one of the things that he says. When you're looking for real estate to purchase, you want to like narrow your criteria big time. And it'll save you a lot of time. Well, if you don't, I mean, you're just going to be looking at everything under the sun and then how you can make a decision. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you ever go to the store and you want like a certain type of ice cream, you just pick it up and you leave. But if you're just like, I'm feeling ice cream, you walk in and you browse every single selection and you're sitting in the aisle for like 10 minutes, Right. you know, same concept, I guess. Yeah. So 60% overhead, that's the deal with that. Okay. Next, we we did just mention briefly about value added practices and I want to definitely be able to add some value to the practice in uh, one way or the other. And that's going to be looking at some of the other KPIs that the practice has. So some of the other things I'm going to be looking at are the marketing budget. And you know, if the, if there's basically like no marketing budget, we can definitely increase that and increase the number of new patients per month. And obviously that would be after we, uh, patch up all the holes in the bucket so that there's no leaking, leaking money or anything. You know, basically get your collections. Yeah, get everything, order. get the practice uh, sailing, and you know, get get everything, keeping it tight. Um, so marketing budget, but also we can take a look at the website and Google reviews. So that's like a KPI within the KPI. 
So if the practice has like zero uh, Google reviews or there's like one five-star review or something like that, or maybe they don't even have an internet presence, which I would be kind of shocked to find, but, you know. um, It's 2020. They'll have some sort of presence. Yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely going to look for something like that. And there you go. If, If they don't have anything like that, then boom, there's something you can add to the practice. That's a huge aspect you can yeah, add. Yeah, that's huge. And that'll definitely uh, help your marketing. And that's, you know, you can you can put uh, part of your marketing budget towards that, but that's one of the things I'm going to look for when evaluating practices. Uh, next, I'm going to look at signage and visibility. This is going to be part of the marketing as well for the value-added practice. And... I I recently went to a dentist that was inside of a big like corporate office building and they had their name on a tiny little sign outside or their their name it was like one of those big like plazas and it just said like dentist and a little (laughs) tiny thing Um, but apparently they're doing well you know but the visibility is almost zero so that's again something that you can improve and do you know how much signs cost like those big signs on the side of the road like the uh, like 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 a McDonald's type sign. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure expensive. Can you take a guess? Thousands. How many thousands? A few thousands, like yeah. I don't know, three, four thousand. I usually, well, obviously it depends. You know, if it's like lighted or mm-hmm. if it's like LEDs, whatever. Well, it probably gets more intricate. You right. Pay more. But like a, I think it was like a six by ten, like illuminated sign was like thirteen thousand. Oh my. Yeah. That's how much those signs are. So we're in the wrong business. Just start making signs for dentists rather than being the dentist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so like obviously visibility, that's something to look at and that's something that's very straightforward that you can improve on. Definitely. Okay. Um the next thing we're gonna be looking at is the P and L and really get into the uh procedures and just the itemized procedures that the dentist is doing. So I know a lot of um, guys talk about it, if you see like a lot of like four surface fillings on the uh, on the procedures that the that the dentist is doing, you're gonna want to replace that with like crowns. Oh yeah, because it's kind of just like a different standard of care. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to do what's best for the patient, but um, I mean, so you you can see different things that you could improve on in your. Definitely. Um, clinical procedure mix. Um, another one that we're going to be looking for, another uh, criteria is um, when the doc is referring a lot of the procedures out. So this would be things like oral surgery or endo. I know endo is a big one. A lot of people uh, will keep in-house, and especially now during COVID, you know, you keep keep the endo in house. Just yeah. learn how to do it yourself, because that's technically you know emergency treatment. Because they say that you know general dentists are kind of wavering right now with their. Well, I mean they're definitely wavering because they can only see emergencies, but isn't pretty much every endo uh, emergency, right? True. Usually, so. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's definitely something to take into consideration. And that's huge too. Like if, you know, if you have a older dentist that he's just doing the bread and butter dentistry, looking to, you know, put in some time, get away from his wife for eight hours a day, just relaxing. Like he doesn't need the money anymore. He's more inclined to start sending out the harder stuff that he might've done earlier in his career. So if you can pick that stuff back up, that's a huge moneymaker for your practice. Right. 
you know i mean and a lot of a lot of times too you can find things like ce's and whatever to help you boost that because you know coming out if you could do a full scope you know i mean you're gonna make a lot more money than somebody that's referring out because that's money walking out the door to somebody else's office right right and so i mean that's definitely something you can look into and i know a lot of guys that we've talked to um a lot of people we've interviewed on this podcast have recommended specific ce to improve endo and do fast endo do full endo and crown in two hours things like that sort of thing um i know josh cochran recommended a specific endo course i gotta look that one up but uh, appreciate it, josh cochran we spoke a couple months ago to him and he, he gave us a lot of great recommendations for ce's so check check out his content um one of the other uh criteria we're going to be looking at is the scheduling efficiency so there's a lot of different templates you can use and a lot of older doctors may not be templated and whether you're using uh, Dentrix or whatever, they might not follow a template. So, you know, having more scheduling efficiencies, that's one way you can easily improve your practice. You just got to train. I mean, I guess it's not that easy, but you got to train your staff, your team members on how to do the new scheduling. And um, I'm, I'm sure there's got to be like consultants that will be able to help train with that. <clears throat> always, um, always keep those seats filled in the office. That's the biggest thing. Right, right. The last one that we're going to be looking at is the demographics. And um, this is something that we can actually start doing now, um, going the, by county. So right now we're uh, in Florida, and so we can pull up the state of Florida um, and look up the populations for each county. And then we can Google or go on, uh, I don't know, I can't remember which website it is, but you can go on the, the Florida Board of Dentistry and look up the licensure and see where all the dentists have active licenses and where they're practicing. And how long they've been licensed for. Right, and how long they've been licensed for. So my point is you can compare the number of dentists active in the county versus the total population of the county. And that's exactly. one of the ways we're going to find the specific county in which we uh, want to purchase a practice. Another another thing to do there is, like Matt mentioned, look at when they uh, got their licensure, when they graduated dental school to see, hey, this guy's been practicing for 40 years. He might be willing to uh, sell his practice soon, you know? Definitely. And I mean, the, the big thing is you just want to see what the saturation is. Like, that's the key word. So if you have, you know dozens and dozens of dentists dentists surrounding you in in the city you're in you know i it might be a little crowded for the the population so if you go to a different county you might find one where there's only like five or six dentists around you you have a lot more um i guess success finding uh more patients so it's all about where you go not so much of like where you want to go you know exactly yep like where you're needed you said it matt so uh just to recap Gave you about seven criteria here that we're looking at. Uh, production, overhead percentage, um, how we can improve and make it a value-added practice. Uh, marketing, we brought up. Um, referring out procedures, scheduling efficiencies, and then, of course, demographics. So we hope you guys uh, enjoyed a little bit of education and a little bit of information about what we're looking at when looking for practices. Um, be sure to check out our sponsor, B&B Dental. Use Vibes75, that's V-I-B-E-S-7-5 
for $75 off NBDE boards prep. If you're taking the board soon, I know it's getting close to the end here. They also extended the dates for part one. So we're going to be taking that in the next uh, month or two. Um, I already had to reschedule once due to uh, testing uh, site closure. Matt, you still got a schedule. Yeah, um, I mean, some people say that I'm putting it off. Maybe I just knew this was going to happen. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode today. And as always, vibe on.